On today's show, the first of 2024, I am joined by Jack McMullen of the JustBaseball.com website and Just Baseball Show to discuss Dylan Cease, the Padres' need for pitching, and everything in between as we procure some good vibes for the first episode of the new year. Let's get into it. You are locked on Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, the first of 2024, January 3rd. 2024. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. Check me out on Twitter. I refuse to call it the other name, at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, the best Twitter handle of the Lockdown MLB Network, for what it's worth, I do believe. No bias necessary. Remember to check out the show wherever you get your podcasts, as well as the YouTube, if you want to see my face, and certainly the face of my co-host for today's show. He's been on once before, I believe. I forgot what it was for uh, exactly, but it was probably something White Sox related because as much as he will lead, lead you to believe that he's abandoned his Chicago roots, he still somewhat knows something or two about the Chicago White Sox. Jack McBullet of Just Baseball. Sir, uh, how you doing? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, I don't know anything about anything anymore. Number mm. two, I was on for a Padres White Sox series preview when both teams were kind of sitting ducks. So it got right. off the rails quickly, but <laughs> we started negative and I think we flipped it positive about three minutes in. Last thing, greetings. Like I kind of like that hold the R. It's like you're a rabid dog that's ready to podcast yeah, yeah. every day. Thank for you. The San Diego Thank Padres. you. Thank you. I worked on it a lot. Uh, Jack is a big time radio broadcaster, uh, Hollywood beast. Um, so, you know, he's really good at, at judging and critiquing all these things. So this is this is a high honor, ladies and gentlemen. And it's so fun to have him on the show because we're going to be talking about the White Sox, just what kind of position they're in. And then, of course, focusing on the Padres, because you listen to a Padres podcast, uh, mainly around Dylan Cease, who is teetering, dare I say on the edge of becoming the new Brian Reynolds. And what I mean by that is mentioned in trade rumors every three minutes. Um, the difference, though, is I think Dylan Cease is actually good. Uh, but we're going to talk about all of that today, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers, you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Let's get started, man. Let's get started. I think the first thing we got to discuss is the White Sox. Um, you, I mean, the last time you were odd, we kind of talked about, um, and I remember one specific area was just the Padres. There was a way where we were like, oh, my God, they were really bad after 2021, the collapse that they had, right? And we thought, what if this goes the way that the White Sox did? Because they were super fun. They have the Tim Andersons and the Luis Roberts of the world. A lot of prospects, a lot of young, fun talent, too. Like, really engaging, fun team to watch. And then they've become what they've become, which is a team that I quite literally think only has two good players um, that is that are currently playing anyway. And that's Luis Robert and uh, Dylan Cease. And as I alluded to, Dylan Cease is now, as a result, mentioned in every trade rumor imaginable I think it's going to happen, actually. I don't think this is, uh, like I mentioned earlier, like Brian Reynolds, um, for more reason than one. I actually think it's going to happen. But 
what is the current kind of mindset of not just the White Sox, but just everything kind of like around the because the team's bad, obviously, right? Yeah. The team is bad. What do you think is the likelihood of trading Dylan Cease? And also, what is the kind of perspective from the White Sox point of view? Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're open for business. The new president of baseball operations is Chris Getz. Chris Getz was previously the director of player development. I believe that was his title. He wasn't the farm director, I don't think. But Getz was a player. He and Gordon Beckham were kind of the same guy, if you remember the early 2010s, Mm -hmm. Chicago White Sox. And Getz was a fun one. And Getz is, I do think, one of the brightest former player minds that we've got in front offices right now. And I think that there are a lot of front offices that are trying to follow the Texas Rangers template. That's a good template to follow because they just won the whole damn thing. Chris Young, former player, very bright Mm -hmm. former player that understands the nuances of being the leader of a major league front office. And that is that, yes, you do need the Excel sheets. Yes, you do need the Jonah Hill and Moneyball guy. But you mm-hmm. also need the innate feel that comes with playing the game for 20, 30 years, however long that you were lucky enough to play it. I think that the Red Sox tried to follow that with Craig Breslow with that hire. I think that the White Sox are trying to follow it with the Chris Getz hire. Um, and there are a couple others like the Phillies. You, you think about Dave Dombrowski. Sam Fold's the GM. I, I think a lot of people remember Sam Fold as, as a high caliber defensive outfielder. So there are always... Decent former players that are clearly very bright that are in a decision-making position in the best organizations. And I think the White Sox needed a cleaning of house. They did it with getting rid of Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams. Um, And Getz is now the guy. And Getz has made it very clear. He said, like, I don't like our team. As currently constructed, he also said that they're willing to listen on anybody. I will push back a little bit on there only being two good players because I think Eloy Jimenez is good. He's just really unavailable. Um, he's okay, unavailable. I'll allow, Bobby. It. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Because uh, Luis Robert was unavailable for a while. so He was unavailable. And I think that he was close to being tapped as a Byron Buxton. But now we're looking at him way closer to Julio Rodriguez than Byron Buxton. Like mm-hmm. and, and J-Rod. I'll take J-Rod. But we're looking at Luis Robert as a superstar type player and mm-hmm. it's going to take a superstar type deal to pry him away from the White Sox. Is anybody going to mm-hmm. do it? Probably not. The price point's also really hard to move for the White Sox because it's so good. With yeah. Cease, it's two more years of control. Mm-hmm. A pitcher that had a mid twos in 2022 and then a mid fours in 2023. So while he is great and while he is one of the most available pitchers, I'll argue soon the most available pitcher in Major League Baseball. Um, There is a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde where like sometimes he can walk five guys. So that takes him Mm -hmm. away from the superstar conversation, which is what makes me think that he is an an attainable trade target for a bunch Mm -hmm. of teams that are looking to contend. Yeah, um, I think that. And also, I don't know. Did you see those Moneyball Lord of the Rings things? Because those were hilarious. I don't know if you're familiar. Incredible Twitter content. Uh, if Good. people are bored, go look through my likes on Twitter. You'll find it. Good stuff. Good stuff. But with Dylan Cease, you're right. The Jekyll and Hyde thing is a good descriptor for him because I like the Cy Young quality season was there. And he was also pretty good in 2021 as well. But, you know, I think that he's this guy that if you're the White Sox, it's just it. I don't think that it makes sense to keep a player like him necessarily, considering all the other uh what's it called deficiencies in the organization. I mean, this is a team that 
has been talked about a lot in the sense of like the biggest contract they've ever given out was to Andrew Benintendi, right? And right. like that's kind of their big thing. I don't see the farm system really all that high up as it used to be. No. Like you mentioned with uh, the, the health has been a problem for this team. So I feel like Dylan Cease makes a lot of sense. Do you Do you really like, is there a way that they keep him? Do you think that this is a team that wants to compete soon or are they in full rebuild? I mean, I don't know if they'll ever really rebuild because they are technically a major market team. It's like the Mets. Like, when mm-hmm. was the last time the Mets like truly went into rebuild mode? Or the Angels? When was the last time the Angels truly went into rebuild mode? The Angels are a weird situation because they've had like two future Hall of Famers for the last however many years, like Trout for the yeah. last 10 and, and Otani for the last six. Um, but, you know, like they do want to operate like a team that can win. 81 games every year. Um, Mm -hmm. Their free agent process has been a little weird this year. Like you signed Paul DeYoung to a one-year deal. That feels like a stopgap for Colson Montgomery. Okay. Makes sense. You signed Martin Maldonado to a, to a short-term deal. Okay. Mm Stopgap for Edgar Mm -hmm. Carroll. That makes sense. Um, I think that they want to win more games than the Oakland A's and the Kansas city Royals. Like that's very clear. Um, Yeah. But you know, like, how many are they going to win if you do trade cease? And this is the thing that like so many teams that are in a revenue generating position need to need to kind of juggle internally, right? It's like, do we want to mail it in and be really bad for a couple of years in the hopes of being really good in a couple more years? Or do we want to maybe sign up for purgatory, but also maybe ring out like a year where you feel somewhat good about yourself in order to sell tickets and, you know, keep viewership strong. I don't know what I would do in that position. Like ownership, I I would say like, Hey, never tear it down because like those years are going to hurt financially. But um, Mm -hmm. as an exec, you want to tear it down. You want to rebuild the farm because your goal is to win world series. I, I, I just don't know. And I don't know if for the White Sox, I don't know if for the other 29 teams, I don't know what the true goal is of the lead decision makers on the direction of the team. Is it generate money, which is really important, or is it strive for World Series championships? And, and I think over the last couple of years, we've learned which teams are striving for the latter and which teams are striving for the former. I think mm-hmm. the, the free agent process in this offseason for the Boston Red Sox has showed us that they're striving for the former. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's just weird. So I like, I think the white Sox are are kind of mysterious in which direction they're going. And I think moving cease would, would kind of tip their hand a little bit on that. I like the way you kind of just subbed up. It was a great summation of the sport of baseball. Teams are either trying, uh, and like trying to win, which I believe is usually the trying to make money. Or they're kicking the can down the road and saying, well, we got this new prospect coming up. That might be great. Anthony Volpe. That's why we're having IKF this one year, because this guy is going to be the next cheater. Uh, but anyway, everybody, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about Dylan Cease and the Padres in, in particular, and what direction they're going to be in, because I would argue they're even more confusing than like any other team in the sport and in a very yeah. beautiful, but cool way, not in a bad way, not like a, a White Sox, Guardians, Brewers type of way. Like, I actually think that they're fascinating, although I am admittedly a little bit biased but before we get into that everybody let me just take a quick second to talk again about our friends over at FanDuel look NFL regular season Jack it's it's wrapping up and I know you I know you've been all in on your boy Justin Fields you know what I mean he's been playing well he's partying with cigars and whatnot in a locker room despite being seven to die but I think it's awesome and if you want to be that person 
Maybe you're in a bad situation. Maybe your team is seven and nine. Maybe you're seven and nine at betting. Guess what? FanDuel is here to help you out because right now, new customers, 150 buckaroos and bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet. You just got to get the team right. So if you want to be Jack and say, you know what? I'm riding it out with fields. Let's do this. You could do that. You could do that, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to bet on a team that I like doing this every now and then, you maybe pick the team that's resting all their players or everyone's going to assume that they're just they're just throwing the game. Well, guess what? The 49ers or whoever the heck, the Ravens, even if they don't have anything to play for, they'll still probably beat like the, who are they playing? The Steelers? Yeah, whatever. Actually, never mind. Not the Steelers. That's, that's a good team. So don't don't listen to me. I don't really have my, my winning bet this week, but even still, you guys might have one. And if you don't want to do money line bets, don't worry. Live same game parlays. You can find bets in their new Explore tab as well. That's very, very nifty and cool. You can make a parlay. There's player props, over-unders, whatever. They got you covered over at FanDuel. So go visit it at FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a good, nice, easy layup off the top of the glass. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And just like that, we are back here, ladies and gentlemen, a Lockdown Padres podcast. We are just thriving, thriving out here on this lovely January 3rd morning. Uh, Jack McGullin of Just Baseball joining me. Um, Jack, let's talk a little bit more seriously about Dylan Cease. Yeah. Um, firstly, I mean, this is this is interesting, right? The Padres have been, I think, the rare case of what we were just talking about, where they're kind of in between. And I would say that they lean more towards trying to win because of what they've done basically since AJ Preller and company took over. But this is a team that just traded Juan Soto. Um, obviously, if you guys didn't know, then sorry to break the news to you. But yeah. Juan Soto, usually it's, I think it's quite bad when teams trade superstars, uh, usually, because often... More often than not, you don't get a great return. It's more like you just had to. You're, you're the A's. You gave up Matt Olson and Sean Murphy for a bag of plantain chips, and then you're just hoping to find another one somehow, right? But with the Padres, they're still spending a lot of money. So while I know that it's funny for people like you to joke in the chat uh, that they're broke now and whatnot <laughs> because of their moves. I'm just kidding, everyone. Jack never said that. Um, but... I think that they're in this weird position where just be, they traded Juan Soto, but it's just because they have to get under this 200 million or so threshold. At least that's what reports seem to say. Yeah. And they still can do stuff. They signed um, Yuki Matsui recently, a uh, really superstar closer out of Japan. Very excited about that move, although I do wonder what it bodes for um, Robert Suarez's prospects in the future. But nonetheless, they still have Tatis. They still have Manny Machado. They still have Xander Bogarts, Hugh Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Jake Cronenworth, for better or worse, right? So this is still a team that's aiming to win now. And as a result, I think Dylan Cease is interesting because, number one, we already talked about his abilities. He could be a really, really good pitcher. And frankly, I have the most confidence in the world in pitcher coach Ruben Niebla to iron out the kinks because, hey, walks and whatnot. You know who had a lot of issue with walks and inefficiency? Blake Snell. And then he won another Cy Young. So... I am a believer. That I am part of the Niebla Hive. And on top of that, since the Padres are looking to save some money, we just saw Frankie Montas get a, a year $16 million deal, yeah. which would take up a lot of what the Padres theoretically still have left to spend. Dylan yeah. Cece is still under control. Uh, arbitration, at least according to your favorite uh, website, SpotTrack is expected to be around $8.3 million. Uh, for this yeah. next year, which is half of what it was for Frankie Montas. And considering he had a down season, that sounds about right to me. Um, I think that this is a, a fascinating idea. The problem is 
what kind of hall are we talking here? That's the big problem, Jack. Okay, so a couple things before we get into the hall. Um, I did bring a bunch of notes for you. I took notes leading into this. I hope really? you don't mind. Yes, mm-hmm. I actually put some foresight into this, uh, which I know is a big time underdog story. Uh, with your friends at FanDuel, <laughs> I probably would have put the odds at me bringing notes at plus 400, but mm-hmm. I brought them. So uh, if you bet the plus money, you're cashing out big time. A nice. um, couple things before we get into that. You know who was still highly inefficient and wild when he won the Cy Young? Blake Snell. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'll push back on that a little bit. Uh-huh. The other thing is I, I do really enjoy the work that Ruben Niebla does. Um, I think that Peter Seidler was the best of us. I think that he was the best of the ownership in Major League Baseball. And I know that you know you have you have tributed Peter Seidler several times this offseason, like, a horrible loss for baseball by all accounts. He was, he was an amazing guy and dude took out a bridge loan to, to see his team compete for a world series championship. I think it would be mm-hmm. a disservice to Peter Seidler and the Seidler family if they stopped competing for world series championships. So I think they're going to go for it because exactly. all that guy wanted was to see this team win. And mm-hmm. for, for that reason, I would love to see the San Diego Padres win the world series. Um, but Getting to the notes, you mentioned an estimated 8.3. That's his second Mm -hmm. of three arbitration years. Mm -hmm. If he has a year in the middle of his mid-twos and his mid-fours ERAs, like when he finished Mm -hmm. as the Cy Young runner-up versus his four-and-a-half this year, I'd bet ARB three is in the $12 to $14 million range. So on the high end, we're looking at two years, $22 million for Dylan Cease. Mm -hmm. Any team in baseball would yeah. give that cat two years for $22 million. And let me tell you exactly why. Is it because he can sit 96 with his heater and snap off like crazy breaking balls? Yes. But since the start of the 2021 season, oh, here we Dylan go. Cease leads all major league starters in starts. He started 97 games since mm-hmm. the beginning of the 2021 season. That's one more than Ironman Jose Barrios, Garrett Cole, and Aaron Nola, that's two more than Kevin Gosman. He's on the mound more than anybody in baseball. He's top 15 in innings. Those blow-up outings, unfortunately, result in some three-inning starts versus Cole, who's going seven every time. So, regardless, he's one of 20 starting pitchers since the start of 2021, over 500 innings pitched. He is averaging, in the last three years, 176 innings pitched per year. You'll take 176 in this climate. He's fourth Mm -hmm. in strikeouts. Cole, Burns, Gosman, the only three in front. He's first in walks. Snell and Charlie Morton, the only two over 200 (laughs) walks issued with Dylan. My guy. My guy. But but he's fourth in batting average against. Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, Zach Gallen have better clips there. But in the last three years, Dylan Cease in 175 innings is holding opponents to a 221 batting average against. And he's 12th in ERA at 3.54. This guy mm-hmm. is one of the best and one of the most available starting pitchers in Major League Baseball over the last three years. Mm-hmm. In terms of package, it's going to be a lot. Yeah. Bruce Levine is an insider in Chicago with 670 to score. He he initially reported that Chris Getz asked for a package from the Cincinnati Reds that included their two top pitching prospects and two mm-hmm. more position player prospects. So it would have mm-hmm. been Rhett Lauder, who was at Wake Forest that was a top 10 pick in this past year's draft. 
Chase Petty, former first rounder that came back to Cincinnati from Minnesota. Carlos Jorge was a high-priced IFA guy and Sammy Stafora or Sal Stewart, who were first, second round caliber talents the last two draft years. What I equate that to on the Padres front is something along the lines of Dylan Lesko, mm-hmm. Adam Mazur, mm-hmm. and maybe Jacob Marcy or Homer Bush. I mm-hmm. think that Getz would probably come to the Padres and say, we want Lesko, we want Haido Iriarte, and we want Dylan Head. Mm-hmm. If I was AJ Preller, I would shut that stuff down right away. Yeah. Um, I would counter with Lesko, Adam Mazur, and Homer Bush. And, and I think that is enough to get it done because Lesko is a top 50 prospect in baseball. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it hurts. Um, I've grown to really start to love uh, the Padres farm for not just the players and the individual players, but because I just love how they make 800 trades a year. Yeah. And then somehow they have a bar- better farm system than some teams who haven't done any trades. Like, I well, think I that that is a real, yeah, a real testament to AJ Preller's um, prowess as a scout. Um, even if I have a lot of problems with him as a GM, certainly not bad in that department. Um, I think that getting rid of Lesko if you still have Robbie Snelling is a lot easier to stomach. I initially thought you were going to say that it would cost both of them. Um, I think that they might start out that way because that's just maybe how negotiations go, but I don't think Preller wants to blank out both of them, especially considering that they've had a lot of trouble over the past few years, cultivating pitching prospects. And even the number one guy that they had at once upon a time, Mackenzie Gore, that was a whole weird, weird. thing. You had the yeah. Asian Mornihon experiment that didn't work out. I know he wasn't, you know, international signing and all. You had the, um, what's his face, Ryan Weathers sort of experiment, yeah. who's now shipped off to Miami. You know, so, I mean, dude, I like, even go they... farther down with, with Luis Patino, Michelle Baez, yeah. like, there's just example after example there. Mm-hmm. And Patino, they sold high on, and, and it worked as they acquired Blake Snell. So maybe that's what Preller's thinking here is, you know, maybe I could get rid of one of these guys, give up some of our prize hitters, because it seems like by all accounts, Merrill, Salas, n- nothing's happening uh, with those guys. No. And I, I don't think you don't there should to. be. Um, you don't need to for this. Um, and I think Cease, what would be so interesting is because of the control. And some people might say, well, we want to cultivate a farm. I'm like, I agree. But like you said, the two years, 22. This isn't the type of thing that kills the Padres. Um, you're not trading for, I don't know, a, a, another pitcher out there who has a, a Robbie Ray, for example, right? Where it's like, he's, I know, it's the first thing that came to mind. Uh, that's my dude. Um, like, he's already got that big contract. So that would be an issue on top of maybe not necessarily the skill either, but pretend he's good for a second. I'm just looking at the contract. Well, Cease doesn't have that same level. And like you've been saying with Seidler and everything, and not to mention, I don't think they couldn't try I don't think they could not try if they wanted to. Look at the Tatis and all those contracts. We're just going to sit there with the 150 million payroll every year. Like they're going to be competitive or at least try with those type of guys on their team. So, um, look, it's a lot, but I do think it's interesting. Before we break it down even further, though, guys, we have to take just one last break from the show so you can hear a message from our sponsors. We'll be back in a sec. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Locked Up Padres podcast. Why did I get randomly and sporadically quiet as I uh, transitioned outwards to those ads? I don't know. You just do things out here. 
It's just like AJ Preller. Sometimes I just do things, um, just do trades to do trades. Um, so here's the thing. The Padres uh, pitching rotation is a key part of this. You've got you yeah. Darvish. You've got Joe Musgrove. Probably Michael King, um, who was acquired in the Juan Soto trade. We'll see how that pans out. Then it gets weird. We're talking Pedro Avila. We're talking Matt Waldron. Is it Matt or Michael? I believe it is Matt. It's Cole. Matt. I, it's, it's Matt. Matt. Yes. Ball, if you don't know this, I've had this. This is the most nerdy thing, so this won't surprise you. I keep getting Matt Waldron mixed up with Michael Waldron, who is a famous writer for Marvel stuff right now. So that's why I, I've said Michael so many times, and it drives me insane. But anyway. Um, oh, it's good that's... if the host of Locked On Padres. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I think that with this with this move, one thing that's really important for the Padres, I think, I don't think they want to be in a position next year where they have to do what they always do, uh, which is call up their prospects a little bit too quickly. Um, it's become a little bit of a meme that like what Ethan Salas got promoted so quickly, we're a little bit surprised when they called up CJ Abrams, despite having Hassan Kim, when they called up Luis Campizano to pinch hit against the Dodgers against Kenley Jansen, like they've, it's almost like they struck gold with the Tatis being good immediately that they were like, cool. That happens all the time, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. Call up CJ Abrams, call up these guys. And Tatis is just Tatis. Um, and his bobblehead is right here. Um, I think that any move they can make that allows them just some flexibility and not feel pressured, given that they are a team that is competing to call up your Snellings who might even be available. I think next year uh, based on just timetables I've seen or Dylan Lesko. I think that that would be huge for them. Um, I'm not saying that you don't call those guys up, but have some flexibility. Have the option B, have the option C, D, and E. And I think that that's really important for the Padres here because another thing here is you Darvish. If he's healthy, I'll take that bet. I think you Darvish can still do it if he's healthy. If you look yeah. at his career and tenure with the Padres, every time he's had injury stuff, that's when he's been bad. 2021, great first half. Then has, I believe it was like a back issue. Really a mess as then the collapse happened in 2021. Last year, fully healthy, all-star caliber, one of the best starting pitchers in baseball, especially in the National League. And then this past year, injuries throughout, and then they shut him down. So he's a big injury concern. If he's healthy, I'm with it. But if he's not, then we're looking at a team that basically, as of right now, the only sure thing they have is Joe Musgrove, at, at least in my opinion, um, with a lot of other interesting arms, um, you know, some of the other guys that the Padres acquired with Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, that can at least fill innings, which is good. There's value in that yeah. for sure. Um, but not necessarily a stud and certainly not a guy that you can rely on as a workhorse. And I think Dylan sees could be that. Yeah, well, he can absolutely be that because he has been that for the last three years. Mm -hmm. So you're trading for a workhorse. You you mm -hmm. know you're doing that, and you're trading for yeah. a guy that hopefully is giving you a mid three ZRA. Um, what I what I will say is this: like tying it back to the Soto thing, mm -hmm. Soto's going to get one year at thirty this year. You'd be trading yeah. for two years at twenty two for C's, and mm -hmm. with that Soto deal, what you in turn received was the reserves like in the starting rotation. So Michael mm -hmm. King, I actually think is, is closer to a stud in the rotation than maybe mm -hmm. you're giving him credit for. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's, it's tough. And like, you're not alone in not giving him entire credit for that because he was a reliever for a very long time. And he only yeah. made what, like eight, nine starts at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. He was really good. He's got starter experience in the minor leagues. 
I think this guy can jump into the starting rotation and give them 130, 140 innings of really solid starting pitching. So mm -hmm. at that point, you're running out Musgrove, Darvish, King, and I'm not accounting for Cease yet. Drew Thorpe is way closer to ready than a lot of people want so? to give him credit for. I think, think Thorpe so? is okay. awesome. Yes. And okay. the other thing, Thorpe throws innings in the minor leagues. It's not hmm. a highly efficient 85 innings. It's like this guy, if he spends the entire year in the minor leagues this year, he's going to throw 125, 130 innings, which is mm -hmm. near the tops in minor league baseball. So this guy, if he has a good spring, could be up very quickly, and he could be the five for San Diego. So figure out the four. And I think some assortment of Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, Matt Waldron is – it's not like a great – it's not a World Series winning four, but it's its a mm. four starter that can get you through the regular season and give you the yep. shot at a wild card berth. That's uh, important, yeah. That's all they're asking for, man. Now, if they trade for Cease, that – becomes way better. And I noticed, didn't mention Lesko, didn't mention Iriarte, didn't mention Mazer. So mm -hmm. if you add C's to the fold, it would be, I assume Musgrove is the opening day starter. Then Cease, yeah. then Darvish, then Michael King, then figure out the five. Brito, Vasquez, Thorpe, Waldron, whoever. Mm -hmm. That's a really good rotation, assuming full health. It's intriguing, man. It's intriguing. And one thing I think that is good is I don't think the Padres are in a position where they have to do this. Um, there's something to be said for flexibility. And there's something to be said for a team that has been pushing its chips in for so often to just have a bunch of backup soldiers that you can count on, like like you just mentioned. With It's kind of cool that like it's been Snell and Lesko. And it's like, oh, and by the way, you have Drew Thorpe now, too, who yeah. everyone seems to be treating him like this guy gonna might blow up and might be like one of the guys. Like you one of the guys. Three... So. You have three starting pitching prospects that are top 100 prospects in Snelling, yeah. Lesko, and Thorpe. And Iriarte mm -hmm. is not far off from being a top 100 guy. And Mazur is mm -hmm. a lot better than I think the national baseball fan would even consider. Mm -hmm. They've got it. They're in a really good position. So I think that I do want to mention on this podcast that, like, I don't think this is a, a, a thing that they need to do at all. I don't, I actually think that there's other ways around this. I think that they could go out and say, Let's give Keenan Middleton a little deal as a relief pitcher and give, I don't know, uh, I, I'm I'm not totally sure which starting pitchers are even left anymore. What's his face got signed, right? Um, Reds, former Reds guy. Yeah, Otani got signed. Yeah, right. <laughs> he did get signed, uh, much to the chagrin of myself and to the love, apparently, of my YouTube comments. Uh, but Shohei Otani did, in fact, sign. Um, I forgot his name. Tyler Malley. There we go. Uh, Malley, Tyler signed. Malley, Malley like, signed with Texas. Um, but Texas, like, okay. hell man, like, would you not throw a teensy bit of money at, at Michael Lorenzen? Would you not throw something yeah. at James Paxton? How about even a, a Johnny Cueto? Like, if you think Cueto has anything left, Hyunjin, Ryu, like, there are, there are a lot of weird one year deal options there for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's, I think this comes down to, you Darvish's health. If you feel good about you Darvish's health, then maybe you do what we just talked about. You go and sign some back end starter for cheap, maybe on a one or two year deal, if that, just to have another reinforcement there and feel like your rotation is just a little bit more set. If you don't feel good about it, do you give up the prospects and go after Dylan Cease and just have that guy that you know is going to be a workhorse for you? 
it's an interesting position because I actually really think that either way I'm fine with it. I, I really do. I think that the Padres are a team that were disappointing massively and almost drove me insane, as I think you uh, would be able, you would know from from talking to me. Um, yeah. But a lot of it was like you were just historically bad in clutch moments, and I think that those things do not usually translate. You do not go from being, uh, hey, football is popular right now, right? Minnesota Vikings. They won like nine one-score games the year before. Then they had a regression to the mean and that they were a little bit more evened out. I know Kirk Cousins got hurt, whatever. Still, the bottom line is there was a regression to the mean. For the Padres, it's like if you're all the way down here and if you just get to being an average team with runners on base, I mean, if you look at, um, I think baseball reference did like the, what is that? Like the adjusted sort of like expected wins or something like is it, that. Is it the Pythagorean wins or losses? Is that what they did? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And the Padres had like the biggest jump of almost any team in the sport. Um, and that's how bad they were when it comes to that. So I'm saying all this to say, I just don't think this team is that far off. It's just that they were so far off from what everyone thought they would be that there's this weird disconnect, I think. So yeah. I don't think they need a cease. I just wouldn't be opposed to it. I think that would be a really swift and a classic Kreller move if he's able to pull that off. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be opposed to it either. I don't think they need him, but I, I also think last year was kind of the perfect example of trouble in paradise for San Diego, mm-hmm. where they were good enough to not be in the White Sox situation where like, oh, mm-hmm. like they, they don't like each other and they're not good. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. <laughs> um, like they were good and there were just some that that apparently didn't like each other but that was just you know reports like the white Sox was actually mm-hmm. like valid like they didn't like each other yeah yeah um now down goes anderson said all that what i just said down goes anderson man <laughs> down goes anderson down goes anderson great call from tom hamilton the radio voice of the guardian so good um having said all that if you have the opportunity to go get dylan cease i think you just do it and the mm-hmm. difference between Dylan Cease, who again is averaging 175 innings at a three and a half mm-hmm. ERA in the last three years, compared to somebody like Shane Bieber, who has seen his fastball drop like two ticks, three ticks, because he was dealing with a shoulder thing. Like the, there's way more unknown with Bieber than Cease. And oh, yeah. listen, I'm out of like, Bieber right now. Yeah. I'm completely I, out. Arm, I can't do it. I don't trust Are him. you? Really? I'm out. I, I, I just need figures out a way to be good. I think he can. I'm just, when does that happen though? Does he have a disaster season in him? And then he figures it out later. Is he, is he more name value than real value? Is he going the route of your boy Giolito? I'm just a little bit worried. Don't get me wrong. I would still like, I wouldn't be pissed. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I would be yeah. like, this is a guy who feels a little bit more name than execution right now. I think he could figure it out. Still would make me a little bit worried, though, especially if the Guardians are like, you know, in a weird position with him. I'm like, that team always knows yeah, what they're doing with pitching. So I don't know. But they're just not going to pay him. That's the thing. Like, that's true. I think that's they're true. looking at him and, and they haven't paid a pitcher. So um, yeah. I, I think that's why he's probably available. I, I still think I think Bieber is too smart and too perfect of a pitcher to ever have a mm-hmm. blow up season. I think that that guy's going to figure mm-hmm. it out if he's throwing 86. I think he will just figure out a way to beat you. Yeah, and those Kyle are Hedricks. Yeah. Yeah. Like th- those are the ones that I, you know, want on my team. But frankly, I want Dylan sees more because he's got, he's got stuff in that arm that like not many guys have in major league baseball. So if you have the opportunity to do it without taking away from your big league team at all, 
I would do it. Having mm-hmm. said that, I think that whatever package Preller puts together, Mike Elias in Baltimore or Jerry DePoto in Seattle can get on the phone and match that in a, in a second. And I think anything that DePoto puts mm-hmm. together that's bigger than San Diego, mm-hmm. Elias will just say, okay, like add one more. Baltimore is reportedly the favorite. John Morosi said that Baltimore is still the leader in the clubhouse to go get Dylan Cease. I I think that when Baltimore gets to Sarasota for camp and the White Mm -hmm. Sox get to, is Camelback in Glendale? They get to Camelback Ranch in Arizona for camp. Dylan Cease will be in Sarasota. That's like my gut feeling right now. He's going to be a Baltimore Oriole. He's the perfect Baltimore Mm -hmm. Oriole. Like they need somebody on the front to, to throw a billion innings for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm at least picking up the phone if I'm Preller. I would be actually a little bit more worried that the Mariners come in, but the Mariners don't need pitching. So that's the weird thing about them. Like, I don't know why they're <laughs> rumored for pitchers all the time. It's so weird, but I get it. My thing with the Orioles and the, if you're a Padres fan who want this to happen, you just hope that they still don't care to put it one way. Uh, what I mean by that is ownership and company. Now, the difference is Cease wouldn't be expensive. That's the key here, which is why I think that it does make sense that he's favored because it's not like this guy's going to be a free agent after this year. He's still got two years of control, et cetera, et cetera. And they still have some of the best farm. But still, I wouldn't be shocked if the Orioles are like, no, we're content with getting Lorenzen and that's it. You know what I mean? Because this that's just who they are. That's what baseball is, um, unfortunately. So, But I agree with you. The guy, They can match anything. They could trade for any player in the sport, dare I say, if they yeah, wanted to. No, they have a system. I I believe that they have a system that is twice as good as any other farm system in baseball. I agree. I agree. I think that this is yeah. like a – I mean, I remember when the Padres, like 2014, 2015-ish, were being called like having one of the best farm systems – or maybe a little bit after that, I should say, um, like having one of the best farm systems ever. This one is a little bit more exciting to me. Um, there's just something it's, about it. And the fact that all, they've already had players that have come up and been good, that's just, it's like scary. It's like, if you figure this out, if if they don't figure it out, it would be an upset. You know what I mean? For them not to execute on this. So I do agree with you. I think the Orioles should be the favorite. But part of me is like, does it feel like poetic? Padres lose Blake Snell, big walk strikeouts guy, so that they just bring in another one. Feels a little bit like that. Um, in the end, I, I agree with you, but it'd be fun, man. It'd be fun. Yeah. I think it'd be pretty cool. I think it'd be pretty cool, man. Um, Jack, this has been a lot of fun diving into the weeds of baseball um, and the Chicago White Sox. Uh, hopefully the White Sox part didn't didn't hurt you too much in your heart. I hope it did. No, that. I'm good, man. That. I'm going You're to good? Uh, I'm going to go take a shower and I'm going to rid my body of all that conversation and we're going to be good. <laughs> Just remove the stench. Uh, but Jack, before we uh, let you go, do you have any other last things you want to plug for the good people? Oh, man, you already plugged the just baseball stuff. Um, we don't cross over with the uh, El Paso Chihuahuas or as you know, some in middle America call them the Chihuahuas at all. But uh, I will. Uh, yeah. Tune into Indianapolis Indians games if you want. Um, yeah. Me and uh, me and the legend Howard Kelman, who's starting year 47 in the booth as the voice of the Indians. We'll be wow. we'll be cooking all summer long. Um, yeah. Go listen to the Just Baseball Show if you have time for two podcasts in your day. Absolutely. Go do that. Every once in a blue moon, I make a cameo on there. Usually when I'm upset, 
because that's what they they do to be over there. Yeah, usually um, when the Padres have something going on, and it's like, hey, are you angry? Do you want to yeah. have a hot mic in front of you? That's usually what happens. That's usually that's how people treat me. What can I say, guys? Everyone, go check out Just Baseball, though. Great site. I'll be writing back writing for them soon. Go check out my recent articles on there as well. Uh, might be cooking up a project of my own for the future as well. So stay tuned for that. But until next time, folks, until next time, that's been it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Go check out YouTube. Hope you all had a wonderful holiday and have a wonderful 2024. Until next time, stay faithful, fire faithful homies. Take care.